Guy, man, what's up? What's going on, Kanai? I'll be chilling, man. That's frustrating, but we're going to try this. Uh, I'm trying something new here, so fuck with me. All right, my guy? Let's do it. All right. Can I kick it? <laughs> yes, I can. All right. Yo, uh, we back at it. It's February 7th, trade deadline day. Um, you know, we are uh, the damn thing right now. And... Uh, whew. yeah, we're doing a damn thing right now. A whole lot of stuff is happening in NBA today. Uh, NBA t- today, and uh, man, I'm just going through a couple stats here and seeing what happened. Uh, Raptors played Atlanta, we won. Um, yo, Kyle, how was your day, my guy? Uh, I mean, it was definitely nerve wracking seeing uh, you know, Philly made that big trade for Tobias last night, and then mm-hmm. uh, Milwaukee swooped in and picked up Meritage. The Raptors were on the clock. They came through in the like I think they came through at like two thirty, like half okay. an hour before the deadline. So that was, you know, very nerve wracking, but you know. Definitely on the edge it. of my seat on this one. Like definitely, bro. Like I don't I don't know when the last time as a Raptors fan I was ever on the edge of my seat for like the last four days. <laughs> yeah, man. I think too, because it's like there's that whole Kawhi dynamic. Like, what are we gonna do to keep the guy? We've already been, you know, catering to all of his needs, making sure he gets the rest, treating him like a star player. But at the end of the day, it's about winning too. You know what I mean? So we had to do something. All right, man. I'm, I'm, I'm not mad. I, I know you got some quarrels about it. You know what I'm saying? The two things I'm mad about today are, are that, and one of them I'm not even so mad. But two things I'm mad about today are like, <laughs> do, you know. I'm mad about Miritic. Miritic in Milwaukee. That that upset me royally. Like I was cheesed. The fact that he went you to Milwaukee is what kills it. Jeez. Yeah. That's what I'm <laughs> so upset. Like, why did it have to be? He could have gone anywhere, bro. I wouldn't even care if he ended up on the Lakers. I thought mm-hmm. that would have been a great fit. But I guess New Orleans not giving them niggas nothing. <laughs> no, not at all. Yeah. <laughs> not giving them anything, which is funny. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yo, um, the second one was like, I'm not sure what this Greg Monroe situation is going to turn into. I was mad because I thought Greg was coming around. But um, I'm interested. I'm intrigued because that, that cash makes us a little, just a little bit more deadly in the uh, buyout market right now. Absolutely. And the buyout market is supposed to have, you know, some centers in there, some big men in there. So there's going to be some guys to choose from. Whether they mm-hmm. choose us, that's a whole another conversation. But right, right. there must have been something that the Raptors management looked at in these extended period with Greg Monroe and while well, JV was out that they didn't like, mm. where, where they feel like, okay, there's somewhere that we can upgrade. And he played well some games, and then other games, I don't know. I don't know. He didn't, he didn't bring it like – he didn't bring it like we needed to, as if, you know, assuming that he would be a number two center. So – We'll see. We'll see who we put in his place. And um, I think that'll be where we judge it from there. You know what? Maybe. Because I, I got, like, after all these trades, I will say something later on tonight. Just based on the way these guys played tonight, which was, that was that was a, t- a tale of two quarters. <laughs> two halves, for sure. Yeah, not even, like, I, I think, like after like, after the first quarter, they... Halfway through the second, they started getting the fucking business together. Um, but 
yo, like, Greg Monroe, he's just like, you know, I thought he was coming around, man. I, th- I thought, like, you know, give him some more minutes or whatever. I thought he could have been a, a deadly weapon in the playoffs, you know? So, I mean, he, he's a serviceable number three center, no doubt about it. Right, um, right. But, you know, if you're able to get, like, a canter or something. Right, right. I mean, it. Is that an upgrade over Greg Monroe? I guess. I guess, in a sense, yeah. I mean, he's bigger. He's going to get rebounds. He's going to do his thing. He's more skillful on the offensive side. He is. I mean, he's he's oddly similar to JV, actually. Except whenever he plays against JV for some reason. Yeah, I think JV's probably a little bit longer at the rim and more willing to, you know, challenge at, at the rim. But yeah. I definitely see that on the offensive side for sure. Right, right. Like, you know what? Um, it's interesting how important these centers all of a sudden seem. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, you look at some of the top teams. Uh, I mean, the Warriors with DeMarcus Cousins. I mean, if you decide that or if you're fortunate enough to get out the East, if you're an East team and you're fortunate to get out that conference, you got to go up against DeMarcus. You got to have someone, multiple guys that, that you, you can throw at him, show him different looks offensively and defensively. I mean, that's a very important position right now. I don't know if you said it because I was, I was just switching the record. I might have missed it. But if you did, my bad. But, uh, like, you got to go through Joel Embiid, Al Horford. Mm, mm. You know, you got to go through uh, – what's the next boy's name? Because there's another one. Um, I mean, even Giannis is playing. Like he's playing that center spot. You know what I'm saying? Like that's I mean, a lot. As is no joke either. Like in Milwaukee. Exactly right. Like Brook Lopez is a handful lately, bro. He's having like a resurgence, like Serge Ibaka, bro. Man, that whole Bucks team is having a resurgence. I don't know how these guys are shooting threes like that. I, I like Budenholzer is doing an amazing job, bro. I think I think we got to give the players some more credit. I think what he's done though is I think he's opened up the offense a little more, and he's not forced Giannis to do things that he's not like he's not comfortable with yet, right? So Giannis takes those three pointers when he's supremely comfortable, but for the most part, he's dominating going to the basket, which is what Giannis had always done, right? He's not he's not playing that high post at all anymore. There's no little fadeaways like they got him on the move straight from the top at the key. You know what I'm saying? All right, so. Absolutely. And, and and again, like a part of that is just the coach putting the players in the right positions to be the most successful that they can be for their skill set. Brogdon has been steady for a long time. You know what I mean? I think I think what makes them so dangerous and like Eric Bledsoe, he's he's having like a, a resurgence as well. He looks a, a lot better this year than he did last year. He looks way more comfortable. And that the big thing for them is Brooke Lopez is shooting the lights out. Yeah. Brook Lopez is shooting the lights out. Now everybody else just has to make threes. But we'll see what happens in the playoffs because they don't exactly have all the experience. And they're they're missing some veteran guys. You know what I mean? But from what I can see, Giannis is – the way Giannis leads that team, I think, is the biggest difference. I I, I know the coach and whichever, but Giannis is – he's got a a very big presence about him. Absolutely. I mean, he's a big-time – he's a big-time player. He's a big-time – game type of guy. I mean, mm. we'll see what happens when it comes playoffs, as you said. But um, I was very, like, 
I was very um, surprised, like, going up and down my timeline today. A lot of people don't have the Bucks as a team that's going to the finals. They're looking at the other three teams in the Atlantic. Like, do you kind of follow that as well? Or, like, do you think the Bucks have a legit chance to come out the East? I think I think the Bucks are a very scary team. I don't think – I think it's four teams. That could, in fact, I put them there before I put Philly there. Mm. Sorry. You know what I mean? Like, Giannis is better than Ben Simmons. Giannis is also better than Joel Embiid right now, as far as I'm concerned. Well, the big thing with Philly is, you know, how they're going to incorporate Tobias Harris. You now have a lot of cooks in the kitchen, a lot of chefs in the kitchen. Not enough line cooks, you know what I'm saying? Sorry, my guy. No, what's up, man? No, no, you were saying there's a lot of chefs in the kitchen, but I just interrupted the motion. No, no, no. I was just saying, like, there's a lot of chefs in the kitchen, not enough line cooks. So, like, you know, everybody wants to call the the, the chit from the board, but, like, there's Mm -hmm. just not enough chits to go around, you know what I'm saying? So can these guys, you know, play their position and make it work? Um, that's going to be the main question for Philly, but there's no doubt that the talent is there. Um, mm. I mean, I'm not, I'm not big on Ben Simmons, man. I'm really not right now. <laughs> I'm sorry. Why? Because he, he, he can't shoot the ball, or like it's it's, but it's so bad, bro. <laughs> it's so bad. Like these guys are getting on Markel Fultz, but Markel Fultz has some sort of energy. At least it turned out that way. Like, is it is something in the water over there where niggas just can't get that hitch out their shot? I don't know. No, like, it's, no man, he wasn't a shooter in college either. So it's like you drafting guys that never care. worked. By nineteen, like I wasn't a shooter in any college. I wasn't even a shooter in high school. But by nineteen, I figured out how to keep my elbow in and try and stick an open shot, bro. You know what I mean? Come on. I don't know, man. There's guys that don't have great form. Such a such a terrible excuse that you never had to do it. So, you know, you never had to work on it. Come on, man. Well, that's the problem with guys that, you know, you come into the you come you go to college for a year and then you leave. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Like guys aren't getting a chance to develop the same way that they would 20 years ago where guys were staying for 3-4 years. You know what I mean? So, that's be a product of you know, just the current environment that we're in today in terms of the college basketball. But the man's dad is like an athlete. His mom is like an athlete. Like, he comes from pedigree. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's not like this kid just grew up off the block shooting and, you know, playing basketball. And, and you know what I'm saying? Like, he's been groomed. Like, learn to shoot. <laughs> yeah, the Sixers should hire you, man. The Sixers should hire you as a shooting coach or something. Assistant wow. coach. That shit is so frustrating. Like, you don't have to do anything else. You got to do your schoolwork, and you get to be in the gym, like, for 90% of your day. Like, you were made to play basketball. You've been playing basketball for a long time. Just work on your jump shot, bro. Anyway. But here's what I will say to that, though. And mm. eventually, he's going to have to work on his J and get a lot more consistent with it. I'm not saying he got to step out to the three-point line next year, but inside the three-point line, he needs to be yeah. here. But I do want to make one point. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think with, you know, you have five talented guys that can shoot or four talented guys that can shoot the ball around you. There's going to be mm-hmm. a lot of space for if he needs to do ISO or break a man down one-on-one. Ben Simmons yeah. is, you know what I mean? 
his skill set's now going to get even more highlighted in, in this new offense with the new talent. Well, that's the thing, right? He's they're going to try. I guess they're going to try and play the LeBron system with him, right? You know what I'm saying? Like where you surround the guy, the ball handler with shooters, and he's big, athletic, and he can find he can find you in the corner or manufacture the offense. You know what I mean? But like, I don't know if he can get like. Is he going to get Jimmy Butler to like be that guy? Is Jimmy Butler now like going to be the Kyrie Irving? Well, that's the question, right? Like, like, is I feel like continue, please. Like, is Joel Embiid going to be? What is he going to be? Kevin Love, you know what I'm saying, and just spot up and shoot. All these guys are feet work guys, like you know what I'm saying. They're Demar Derozan, they're scorers. Like they need rhythm. They're rhythm players, right? Jimmy Butler's got to get a rhythm going. One, two, dribble, step back. You know, one, two, hezzy to the basket, right? Then there's Tobias Harris, who maybe you can turn into a spot-up player. But Ben, man. So, so if you're Philly, do you have to start Tobias Harris? Like, I don't, what's the I don't problem really, playing your role and coming off the bench? I don't know what – I don't know if that's what they're going to do. I, maybe I'm assuming he's going to start because it seems like that's the way Philly thinks it's going to go. And everybody in the media seems to think that's a fantastic idea. I just I don't, don't like it. I don't like it. Like I was thinking this before too. Like, and and I guess the reason why, like, I was speaking as if you know that's the starting five is for that same reason. Going up and down my timeline, everybody got that as the, their starting five. But again, too much chefs in the kitchen, not enough line cooks. Like, come on, yeah. man, just come off the bench, play your role. You come in off the bench. And you're the best player on the floor going against the other team's bench. You know what I'm saying? Like, why is that such a bad position to be in nowadays? Because why money, man. Need to start? Money, man. Nobody's getting paid over 80 grand or coming off the bench. You know what I'm saying? Man. You know what they, should do? what they should do, for real, for real, is just let Jimmy Butler come off the bench with the third stringers because apparently he's used to <laughs> Yo, Jimmy would have no problem with that, yo. <laughs> like, yeah, y'all just sit. I got this. I got this, yo. Like, Work, bro. That's Jimmy's time, bro. Just let him come off. Maybe Jimmy is like the most dangerous six man ever. Yeah. First six man, like, to get a what's it called. If he can bring third stringers and mop everybody, dog. <laughs> and, and who's going to be the one to talk to to do that, yo? Thib- Thibodeau couldn't even talk to this guy, yo. <laughs> Twice. Like, come on. I don't know. There's nobody on that team, you know. All all those guys on that team think they're the baddest. I mean, but Jimmy Butler is the baddest, and we know that. What are we gonna talk Absolutely. Jimmy Butler? I mean, there's Easy. no denying the talent with those guys. If they're able to somehow figure it out, you know, they're gonna be a tough out in the playoffs. Um, yeah, sure. But for sure, for now, I need to see it. So to me, they're not hopping over anybody in terms of pecking order, from what I see, until I, you know, get to see these guys chemistry a little bit more and see how that works, you know? Yeah, I feel you. I feel you. I mean, uh, fuck all of them anyways. They can all burn. Like, the Raptors got Powell, like Marcus I was about to say Powell. But the Raptors got Marcus And, like, uh, just to show you how much actually went down. <laughs> like, we're just getting to Marcus right now. We've talked for about real crazy trade day on Monday. That is a historical trade day, at least for my generation. Um, but... Let's talk about it, man. Marcus Gasol. Like, I like the Marcus Gasol thing. I like the Marcus Gasol thing. I don't know if you've changed your mind yet. Oh, there was a while ago. 
where you were like those knees, man, those knees, which is a fair thing. But like, yo, KG came over with two bad knees too, and he was pivotal. You know what I mean? Like some of these guys, like I think that's the way. Sometimes I, I like when a team's built like that. Like this guy is given eleven years to Memphis. He's been a professional about it. Never cried, never bitched, never whined, never complained. And he's getting traded into a good situation. And I think he's going to come here and I think he's going to put it all on the line for the Toronto Raptors. Yeah, absolutely. Like, he's going from a situation where, you know, they're probably headed for the lottery, where mm-hmm. now he's in a situation where you're competing for a championship. So, as Memphis a competitor... Did, sorry, what's that? I said Memphis did him right. They oh, did absolutely. Him right. They treated him with some respect. Definitely. That was classy by Memphis. Uh, I, I think they deserve some credit for the way they handled that trade. And you want to know what? And, like, obviously it's just speculation. I don't know what it was. But apparently Charlotte was trying to come in and scoop Gasol. Yeah. But that trade was getting close to getting finalized, apparently. But as you mentioned, like, I think they were trying to put him in a better situation. I don't know who went to who, whether it's Toronto management went to Memphis or Memphis went to Toronto, whoever initiated it, but I think it ended up in a very good situation for for, for Marc Gasol. Um, yeah, not for nothing, to be honest. I'm not so sure as, as much as Toronto seems to have this way about doing things where they, you know, they just don't talk about it. There's no rumor. They might say they're, they're like somebody said they were shopping them, but like how aggressive the talks are, you never know. And like all these trades just kind of come out of fucking nowhere. <laughs> Say, like, Very true. I, like I know Demar was like mad about that or whatever, but like you know, you you we're going up against some teams that really, really, really like have some pieces that could you know what I'm saying, like help some teams out or like you know we've not been the guys to get big name players in you know previous free agent markets, and here we are swiping play, like players left and right, you know from under people's noses, and that's unprecedented. That's two trades in one year that Masai's made, and you got to look at that and say, hey, man, he brought Marcus all here. You know what I'm saying? Which that guy has had his eye on him for a long time. When Masai says he's going to get something, it looks like he does that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, um, you know, I guess just to address how I kind of feel about it, uh, I mean, there was a time when I was like, I don't know about Marcus all. Maybe, you know, in past years. Right now, I think that he could be a good fit on the team. Um, but, again, it's just weird for me that we got rid of five guys and we only took back one. So now we're down to a roster of 10 players. Um, mm-hmm. We've always been a team that's had tremendous depth within the last three seasons or so. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, there's some positions that need to be filled right now. So the buyout market's opening up. Depending on what happens with that, I'll say that'll be my my determination as to whether I like this trade a lot or whether I just kind of, mm, it's good, but I don't know, you know? Check this out. There's a couple guys, okay, in this free agent market or this uh, bio market right now. Like, I get where you're coming from, and I understand your concern because, like, you know, what the fuck are we going to do now? Obviously, like, it's, what the fuck? What the fuck are we going to do now? You know what I mean? But check this out. The Raptors gave away Greg, Greg Monroe for a second-round pick, which they seem to love flipping. They turned, Greg, they turned second-round picks into stars like it's going out of style. We'll get to that. Oh, my God. This podcast. Do we have any picks left? What? First-round picks? 
I don't know. Greg Monroe was a, was a lottery pick, and so was so was <laughs> JV. Man, this team, this team is a very interesting team, man. Right. So now, all of a sudden, you got like a chat. You got like, and this this bio market is like Trevor Ariza, Ellis Cantor, Wayne Ellington, you know, Wesley Matthews. Right. Like that's what that's what's coming on the bio, on the bio market. Carmelo Anthony for anybody who really wants to like count that, but you know. Masai will never do that to you. So you can forget you can forget Carmelo. Carmelo. Well, that's he he doesn't want Carmelo back. He's good. Good. You know something. But like man, we now have gotten rid of Greg Monroe for, you know, nothing. Right? Just cash. Extra cash. It's like a hundred thousand. Extra cash. Right? When you signing like a veteran veteran minimum, because you're on a buyout. And you're getting that extra cash, like yo, and you're playing with Kawhi, and you're playing with Marcus Gasol, and you're coming out of the East. Whoa, 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 whoa! I mean, we have an opportunity to come out of the East. There's no guarantee that we're going to a final. Coming out of the East, I mean, like you know, you're you're playing to get out of the East. You're not playing to get out of the West. Like you're you're coming right. to the East to play in the, to play in that with a very very good fucking team. Right. You don't have to go through a Golden State Warriors to get to the finals. So, like, you tell me who's the most attractive team right now that you go to that's going to win it, that has contending for a championship. If you're Wesley Matthews and you know somebody needs three-point shooting. Well, funny you mentioned that. From what I'm hearing is Wesley Matthews got a deal in place with the Pacers to go play over there. Maybe, but, like, he's maybe he's hoping for big money still. Wayne Ellington? That's the thought process. He thinks he can get another contract, so he wants to go somewhere where he can get where he's guaranteed some minutes. And with Victor Oladipo going down for the season, they definitely have an open spot for yeah. a two. Yeah, but they're not signing. Indiana's not signing two. And let's remember how the Raptors have acted in the like in the last, you know, two, three free agent markets. <laughs> You know, it's all mum until all of a sudden something happens. So, yeah, I hear that Wesley Matthews and the Pacers are talking, but I heard Charlotte and Memphis were talking, and look what happened. Yeah, very true. Very true. And San Antonio were talking, and look what happened. Facts. Facts. You know what I'm saying? Who else do we trade for? I don't know, but Masai's pulled off a couple of those. Facts. Right? Absolutely. So he may, not have, he may not have been crazy in the bio market, but – Look like he look like the man's hitting his stride right now. If you ask me, well, <laughs> uh, we haven't been successful in the past on the buyout market. Like I thought last year, our team finishing first in the East, um, you know, really looking like a team that can get past the Cavaliers. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously, regular season versus playoffs is you know two different animals. But yeah, you right. know, up empty in that buyout though. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I think I think Toronto has garnered a lot more respect this year, though. I'll say that much. I mean, you're hearing Paul Gasol. This is not a guy that's here for you know the rest of, like the rest of these big names where he's looking to, you know, go to Hollywood and make movies or be in a big market where he can get his endorsements in. He's looking to win right now. Yeah, absolutely. You cannot question that. You cannot deny that. Paul, like uh, Mark Gasol, is looking to win. Right, which is why I kind of like the attitude because he's not looking to fuck around. He's not looking to do any of this other stuff. Not worried about who's buying a house. There will be none of that talk with him. 
Right. Well, the question is, is who wants to join him from the buyout market? Um, I haven't heard that Trevor Ariza is going to be bought out, but if that's a guy that's going to be bought out, like Ooh. you guys <laughs> have to do whatever it takes to go and get Trevor Ariza. Mm-hmm. He's your ultimate three and D guy. And in the playoff, if for whatever reason you need to, you know, make some changes or, or make some adjustments, he's a guy that can slide in and out of the starting lineup, play with anybody on the roster, and mm-hmm. you know what you're going to get from him. He would be one of my top targets if he was going to be bought out. I think I like, I think I like Wayne Ellington. I think Wayne Ellington, well, you know what? I, I can't argue with the Trevor Ariza. I think Trevor Ariza is wishful thinking, but I, I, I don't think, think so. Ellington is, well, I don't know if he's going to be bought out, though. That's my thing. With the Wizards, right? But they're, they're, yeah. they're it, but who knows? We'll see. But Wayne Ellington, he's attainable. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's a dead-eye three-point shooter. He did some damage to the Raptors in a couple of games. I've seen both. And he can pull up. It's not slow neither. He can pull up. Like that is a good player. Absolutely. And it's like he you don't need him to come in and do a whole lot. You just need him to come in, know his defensive rotations, mm-hmm. and shoot the three. That's it. That's all we're asking from you. We're not asking you to drive and kick, do nothing extra. Like no, we're just, the floor, sorry. He can put it on the floor. We're not asking him to do that. <laughs> Are you asking him to put it on the floor? If you get run off the three-point line, I would. I trust him going to the basket more than I trust CJ Miles. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. And for the main reason that I think he'll make the right decision and just take a step in and take the long two yeah. instead of, you know, trying to go to the basket, turn it over, like – and unders. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I like CJ, and you know he had a really good season last year. He won us a couple of games, but he just didn't have it this year, man. I don't know what happened to the boy, man. Go, daddy. <laughs> man, CJ's PJs, man. <laughs> I was like, yo, should I go cop a pair? Nah, I'm just playing. But like. <sighs> I, I, I don't know, but, I mean, he could use a fresh start somewhere. I think Memphis will do him good. It's quiet out there. You know what I mean? He can play bocce ball. They have bocce <laughs> ball. <laughs> I don't even know that is. <laughs> they just do that, like, in Memphis or some shit? I don't know. <laughs> I, don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I just got to see if CJ, he can take CJ's PJs out there. I got to buy me a pair of those now. For real, but before they go out of um, go out of order. <laughs> um, yo, man. like it's crazy. I, I don't, I don't know. I'm not so mad at it. I think there's, it's a deep buyout market, and um, I think I think it will be successful in it this time around. I even like the Patrick McCall pickup. I'm glad you brought that up because I was thinking about this too, man. Was Patrick is Patrick McCaw really that much better than Lorenzo Brown, or would you rather just have Lorenzo Brown? I don't know, but Patrick McCaw, Lorenzo Brown to sign Patrick McCaw. Yeah, but you know what? Patrick McCaw knows that 
Lorenzo Brown doesn't? What's that? The Golden State Warriors playbook. Okay. I mean, if that's the play, cool. If that's mm-hmm. the play, cool. Right now we're down to two point guards. So, <laughs> I don't know, man. And Kyle Lowry got a bad back. Patrick McCall, and then there's Jordan Lloyd. And like, maybe they're going to get another ball handler. But, you know, bringing Gasol in, what the Raptors are allowed to do now is they can run that point of attack from a lot of places. Absolutely. Right? Like, you can run it through Powell, or why am I saying Powell? Through Mark. You can run it through Kawhi, right? Because he'll still draw a double. You can just let Kyle do his thing. And if you put Fred Van Fleet out there with him, like, it's a problem. You definitely gave yourself more options. And as much as I like JV, JV doesn't have have that type of command to command a double team or be able to have to worry about a nifty pass or just that veteran savviness. You know what I mean? Mark really brings that to the team. What Mark brings is a really high basketball IQ. And let's just be honest about JV. He doesn't have that. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Sure. I get savvy later on, but Mark's kind of always been this way. I mean, you could tell. I mean, when you and your brother make it to the NBA and you're both all stars and like, you know what I mean? You see that? Yeah. That's that Ben Simmons shit that I'm talking about, my guy. (laughs) All right. You guys were groomed to come to the NBA. There's Mark. There's Powell. They both learned how to flip and shoot when the game started changing. And your ass is here, young, fresh, and ready to go, and you can't shoot yet. Yeah, I swear the guys were like 19 or 20. Like, there's time for him to develop from. Like, like, yeah, I'm mad that he's not doing it now. I'm mad because I don't think Joel Embiid's window is that big. Why not? I don't see Joel B playing. The way that guy plays the game, I don't see him playing. I mean, maybe he might. We'll see. I, I hope he does because I think he's really good. But I'm, I'm a little worried. You know what I mean? Like, just with the injuries, he's, been, he's a big man. He, he plays full contact. Like, he plays rough. He hits the floor a lot. So I don't know if he's making it to 10 years in the league. Well, I mean, time will tell. But, you know. I think that's part of just expanding your game too, mm. right? Like, you know that it's going to take a toll on you if you continue to take that sort of beating. Maybe you need to put on more muscle. Who knows what it is? But, like, mm. there's things that players can do to extend their careers. And part exactly. of that is just diversifying your skill set, right? Yeah, which he, ha- which he does, in all honesty, have a very, very diverse skill set. I agree right? with that, too. This is the guy that was complaining about taking threes. He's got to be like the first big man in like years to complain about taking threes. Mm. He wants to get down. He wants to be physical in the post. He likes to use that footwork, the turnaround. You know what I mean? He's, he likes to have people on his back. He likes to feel the the defense. So I find that's when he's at his deadliest. Anyways, you give him a, you give him a couple of turnarounds down there, a couple of up and unders, and all of a sudden now he's taking you outside and inside, and then that's when it becomes really dangerous, right? I'll definitely say this. <clears throat> like, I don't – I think Marcus Gasol can still bring that same type of defensive presence that JV brought against Joel Embiid. But give JV his credit. He owned Joel Embiid. 
Like, oh, yeah. I never understood why Embiid, like, 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 why are you, like, not doing better, like, against JV? Like, JV owned you on both sides of the uh, court. Like, it was really weird. It was one of those weird things that you saw in basketball, and I just couldn't understand why. J- JV owns a couple people. There's a couple people out there that JV owns. Like, he owns Andre, Andre Drummond. Drummond. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All the fucking time. Like, you no. know what I'm saying? He's owned Tyson Chandler a couple of times. Right? Like, he's owned a couple people out there. It's just that, you know, JV is so traditional where Mark is a a much more modern center. You know what I mean? He can just, like, I was saying this to a homie today. At this point in his career, right, I'm very comfortable with the, you know, a, a series of events that have occurred prior to this season. I am very comfortable putting Marcus all up against DeMarcus Cousins. Very comfortable. I think you have to. I think you have to. He has that veteran presence, that basketball IQ, that savviness. That uh, I don't see DeMarcus Cousins blowing him out of the water coming back from that Achilles injury right now. Like, I like that matchup. Right? I like that matchup for Mark. I like that matchup for Mark because even though he might get beat off the dribble a couple of times, he's he's going to he's going to give DeMarcus work on the other end of the floor. I mean, the Warriors are just a whole other beast. It's yeah. tough to even say what DeMarcus is going to be like in the next two months, three months. What are we now? February? So March, April, May, June. That's four months. Yeah, it's four <laughs> months. Four months you got to get yourself in rhythm and you got to be at peak condition to dominate the way that you did or else you and Marcus all are very much alike. You can both pick and pop. You can both bruise down low. Marcus Saul is not a guy that relies on his athleticism, and neither is Demarcus. Demarcus, yeah, for sure. Marcus, well, Marcus is though is a way better. He's a better, you know, defensive player than than Demarcus is. Yeah, I mean, Demarcus is still relatively a young player. You know, what I mean, like he came from a system. And yeah. or a situation in, in, in Sacramento where there was a lot of individual development, but just that whole learning how to win development, like there was none. You know, he and didn't learn how to win. Although on a winning team, he's not the Marcus is by no stretches, can we just say he's a winner? Yeah, he's a good player, but is he a winner? He's learning. He's learning. He's, he's learning. learning. And just he's being around those guys. Months, right? In the next four months, he's gotta learn that. Then you're going to the playoffs. Right, the Raptors were learning too, so I'm not trying to say that this is what's going to happen, but I'm just like I'm not so sure that I give all the stock to this Demarcus Cousins thing in the playoffs, right? Well, granted, I get it. I mean, but you have a team that even if they didn't have Demarcus, they're probably a team that's favored, most likely, and by most people, they're favored to win the championship. Oh, definitely. Demarcus into the fold now, and it just brings a whole other uh, thing that you have to game plan for and worry about. Like, it's really tough, man. It's really tough. If you're going to beat the Warriors, you got to be firing on all cylinders. Margin for error is very slim. I haven't bought into the Warriors yet, as you know, they're this monstrosity with Demarcus. I think they're they're better with Demarcus, but I'm going to wait for them to hit a bump because they will. 
and then I want to see how that goes. You know what I mean? But I, I agree. It, it is an interesting prospect. It does, because there's not a lot to say that, you know, you're wrong by any chance. You know what I mean? I'm just waiting to see. And I just like that matchup for, I like that matchup for the Raptors. And I think that gives the Raptors an edge. Just based on experience and savviness and the defensive ability yeah. of Mark, I think on that position, they get an edge. That might be the only position. <laughs> yeah, I think so. That's probably like the only place where we have or where we may have um, an advantage over the Golden State Warriors. But, I mean, we beat them a couple of times already this year. I know it's only regular season. And mm-hmm. it's definitely a whole different animal. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, there's got to be some good in there where we can – look back at that tape and say, you know, these are some of the good things that we did against Golden State that we can reuse if we're fortunate enough to make it to the finals against them. I feel you. I feel you. I think so, too. I think I think it's it's getting into them and, and you know, like, they're going to be a tough out for sure. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, I'm definitely grasping for fucking straws here with the, the whole edge. But I, I do like that trade for that reason. And I just like the fact that I think the ball will move better. Um I know you're worried about the fact that we lost five players, but we played tonight with, I think, like an eight, nine-man rotation. And, boy, was that a game. That was a game. <laughs> Damn, we, we look suspect in the beginning, but that's what I wanted to see. Like, that was a character fucking win. That was a professional win. Yeah. I mean, maybe not from start to end, but based on all the events that happened today, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Like, were you worried at all? Um, I was gonna just chalk it up to like, yo, like trade deadline was a big thing this time, and you know the Raptors have been dealing with that. So you know, if you lose a game, you lose a game. Fuck it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what I was gonna chalk it up to. But damn, like, I when that turned around that way, you want to know what I saw today? You want to know? I saw guys accepting the fact that they, they settled into their roles. Fred Van Fleet and Pascal Siakam got real, real comfortable. And it was like almost like, okay, well, DeLon's gone now, so I'm not splitting minutes with that guy no more. I'm the guy. I'm the sixth uh-huh. guy coming off the bench. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. For Pascal, it's like, okay, you know, JV's gone. They didn't trade me. Kyle's still here, so like we're rolling, so let's go. And I think – when we lost to uh, who did we lose to the other night? The Bucks. He he came out and said, you know, he thought he had to bring the energy every night. He had to come with it, and he had to just be that guy. And I, that's what I've seen from him so far. He's been, he has been just on a savage tear since that Milwaukee game. For real, like even in that game, uh, he was probably the only reason why we were in the game. Like later on in the game, like he really started to take over, and I think it was the third, fourth quarter in that game. Mm-hmm. Um, him and Fred, boy, him and Fred are some guys that they just once they see something and they don't like it, like they're they're going at it. I I thought the game tonight, I thought where it, where it got out of hand for Atlanta, I think where where they where they really lost their edge was Trey Young pulled that a mean step back on Serge. <laughs> That was really sick. I know exactly which one you're talking about. <laughs> but, like, what do you expect from Serge? Serge is seven foot, guy. He can't guard that. 
But the boy did a mean, and then he did the, and then he did the what's it called after? Like he mocked him after. You know, yeah, guard that. Oh. <laughs> he put the Westbrook on him, and I think you know Kyle and and Siakam and Fred. I think Fred took that real personal. <laughs> you want to know what though? I like I. I think a lot of what happened with the Hawks is just being a young team. Like mm-hmm. they were up big in that second quarter, and yeah. then the way that the Raptors were able to close that second quarter and bring it down to, it ended up being eight, but it was six with a chance to bring it down to three. Like that's where the Raptors used to be, man. That used to be us. That used to be us, you know, up by 20 and then getting blown out. (laughs) For real, for real. Like they were up 17 and they lost by 17. I think that shows how good this team actually is though. And I think that we got rid of, I think that we said, you know, Fred, you know, yeah, we're not as deep as we were, but I think it solidifies some roles. It eliminates some noise. You know what I mean? Because, I mean, think of the pieces that we got rid of, right? JV was playing great, but nobody was – you weren't at home saying JV's untradeable. You were Never. like – you know what I mean? You were like JV's tradable, and the way that he's playing makes him even more tradable. Absolutely. He was an asset. Yeah. You know what I mean? DeLon Wright – you know, you want him to play well because he was an asset as well. And you don't want to have to give up other assets that are playing well. So, you know, but he was a man out of what's it called? Like, it's not like he was dropping, you know, Siakam made, they made, he made his choice, you know, which one of the pups is going to make it out the litter. And right now it's Siakam. Yep. And Norm yep. is hitting, the, Norm is a better shooter and Norm will still give you some defense. So. Can we talk about Norm for a second? Sure, man. Because I'm, he may not have had like the greatest stat line or whatever the last few games, but he's really looking serviceable, man. Like he's he's playing under control. Mm-hmm. I mean, his plays where you know, like okay, that's some of the old norm where he's learning, but he looks very much in control of the moves that he wants to go to the basket, the pull ups, the layups. Like everything just looks in control, and I'm very very proud of him, man. Very proud of him. He was very last year yeah but you got to give Masai credit right like this is you got because when I watch Masai now when I'm looking at him and the moves he's making like he's obviously at practices paying attention talking to guys seeing where their head is at looking at picking out who's gonna be the next guy who's like you know ready to go and like he's just in it because the trades that he's making and the guys that he's, he's drafting like I want you to name one bust since Anthony since Anthony uh What's his Anthony. name? Bennett, yeah. Oh, Anthony name one We didn't draft yeah. him. Well, we got him. Yeah, we had him. But, like, uh, in terms of bus, I, I would say Bruno. But to be honest, Bruno's playing for Memphis right now. I don't know if you saw what he's yeah, doing. Yeah, that little clip. Here's what it is with Bruno, though. Bruno has never played as well as he has here. Right? Bruno had some games here in Toronto. For the 905, I'm not going to say for the Raptors. Maybe you know, that, that, like one of the first nights he played, I think against the Bucks, actually, coincidentally. He, he had some thon maker minutes. Yeah, but, I mean, but he's getting you had, minutes now. If, yeah, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I've not watched Memphis play. But all I'm saying is Bruno is not the same kind of bust like Anthony Bennett or Carlos Arujo or fucking Andrea Bariani. Like, that just hasn't happened since Messiah has been here. It's been, you know, 
He's pretty you, steady with his draft picks. Let me ask, what's the worst decision he's made so far? Mari Carroll? Uh, well, it's easy to say in hindsight, but to be honest, Demari Carroll was a good decision. It just didn't pan out. Didn't like, pan when out? I look, yeah, when I look at him in Brooklyn this year, he's playing well. It's yeah. just, you know, he had he was injury. He, he had injuries here. Got to get healthy, right? Like, Man. but again, so tell me which which Masai move has been made that you haven't liked. I mean, outside of this Greg Monroe one, I wasn't really. I did. I had no issue with the Greg Monroe one. I like that move. I I thought for me, it's about timing and like when you make certain moves. And I, I think Masai's timing has been right. Um. I haven't really seen him do anything where I'm like, why did you do that? Like, just yeah. in the moment. I've never felt that way. Versus, like, you know, but as Raptors, previous regimes. As a yeah. Raptors, you know how that feels. Do you not? You yeah. know how to ask that question. How? I definitely do. I definitely do. Maybe the yeah. Bruno one. It, like, in the moment, I felt the Bruno one was like, what the hell are you doing? I mean, at the end of the day... When you see it now, it just we didn't have much choices. <laughs> so like he took a project. And to be honest, I, I would call that a successful project. This kid was nowhere close to NBA and he said, I'm gonna I'm gonna take this kid and make him an NBA player, but we're gonna stand pat and we're gonna use some continuity right now. And continuity is why Pascal Siakam is so good. Continuity is why Fred Van Fleet is so good right now. Continuity is why, you know, we're on pace to be a 60-win team again. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, I mean, talent has something to do for that, too. I mean, you got you, you have a Kawhi Leonard that is, you know, top 10 player in this league. I know some people are saying top two, top three. I think a lot of guys can fall into those slots. I think it's, it, it's debatable. So I think he's probably a top 10 player. In this league, I think so. He might even be top five. Well, I mean, do you want to go down that path? I mean, here's what I don't think Paul George George went to OKC last last year, right? Okay, and we saw a decent version of Paul George. However, be inconsistent. You know what I mean? He's in a new system. It wasn't great. Agreed. Right last year. Last year, I thought he yeah, was he was good. He were flawed for, last year for sure. Another year under his under his belt in the system, he gets a training camp in, and look at what he's doing this year. Right, yeah. I, think I think it's the same thing for Kawhi. I think I think a lot of people assume that this is as good as he is because we're getting like thirty points a game out of him. But I I think this is nowhere close. I think next year when Nick Nurse is like, okay, this is what we're doing, this is what you can do. I think that's when we'll see it. And a lot of people don't think he's going to stick around for that. But, I mean, I think that's what we're playing for right now. I don't think you can play any other way. I think you got to play like, you know, this is a new team. We're going to try and get it together. We're doing our best. But next year will be the year. And hopefully we can sell them on what we're able to do this year with very little preparation and very little, you know, heads up. And hopefully he'll see that as an opportunity to, like, want to be here long term because this is a good team. So – no one's ever really played this angle, or at least talked about talked of this angle. But like, he's a player option in his contract. It's not like he's just an under an unrestricted free agent. He's a player option. 
So he has the ability to say, you want to know what? I'm going to give this another year in Toronto. Like, mm-hmm. let's make this work. Mark Gasol has a player option. He's probably going to opt in because I don't know if he's going to get a, another big contract, at least not in the How genius, is that? How genius is that move? Like, you're bringing a guy over where you're like, Kawhi, like, it's not like I move somebody here and, like, next year we have to figure out the money again. Like, you know what you're getting. Yeah. Absolutely. Right? How like just think about like from a continuity standpoint, which has been the size thing, regardless of whether he's made trades or not. Like that is now that is 3D thinking. Like I'm not gonna just jump out here and sign a rental and hope like the rest of these GMs. Like everything seems so calculated, which is why I really trust what's gonna happen in bio market. They know something we You have to be a three-dimensional thinker as a president and GM. Like and do you do you have to be or do you have to have some money and some friends? Because sometimes <laughs> these guys make some decisions that I don't understand. You're right. You're right. You're right. There are GMs out there, presidents out there that you know they just do things the old way. You know, <laughs> put a bag, <laughs> you know, talk to somebody. Sign him still. Like he makes numbers doing what? I hear you, man. I hear you, and, and you know. For what it's worth, I think this team can make it to the finals. And I mm-hmm. think that's worth a lot, especially to the fan base. Mm-hmm. Um, that's never – I mean, we made it to an Eastern Conference final. We got blown out in game six. And the whole fourth quarter was go Raptors, go. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, we're at a point now where it's like, okay, even if we make it back to the East finals, I don't think you get that go Raptors, go. We're not as happy to be there. Like, the fan base – wants to oh. go to the finals. You'll get it. You'll get it regardless. Like, it'll, it'll be this this year. But not the same feel. It was like, we're just happy to be there. Like, uh, this year is going to be like, I don't think you're going to get that feeling this year anyways. I think we're being pessimistic, and I think all the right moves have been made. You know what I mean? My Raptors wish list has certainly been fulfilled, right? Like, the only other person that I could see that I would want, and I don't know how we're going to get them, is Tristan Thompson. That's a next year move. That would have been buy him out, but that seems unlikely. And the thing is, right? Like, if I'm Rich Paul, see, Rich Paul is Tristan Thompson's agent, and that's why we can't have him. Well, I mean, your agent works for you. So if you want to be in Toronto, believe me, Rich Paul can make that happen. Yeah. At the same time, Rich Paul, Tristan is just over there right now. Like, he's not wanting anything. But, like, Rich Paul's not looking at him like, yo, Tristan, this is a great situation for you. Let's take you home and get you this money. That's not Rich Paul's, like, you know, that's not his agenda right now. Rich Paul is like, how can I get LeBron more championships? Because that's his main client. Absolutely. He's bringing in most of the bread. <laughs> you know? That's his main client right now, right? So he's got to figure out what with AD and he's trying, you got to try to get AD to a good situation and keep him out of Boston because Boston will take him and apparently people don't want him there. But I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I'm not happy with the way Anthony Davis handled this, yo. Everything and whatever, but you're also 26, like, and you've been able to watch the league and, like, you know, you've accomplished some stuff, but you haven't accomplished everything. So, like, stop acting that way. Seriously. Well, here's what I'll say to you to that. And it might be a cop-out, the way that you might look at it. But to me, everybody's just not good at everything. 
So it's like if you're easily manipulated, which it seems to me that Anthony Davis might be, I'm not yeah. saying he is, then this is the type of shit you're going to see where people are going to tell you things, you're going to believe it. It turns out maybe that's not the best move for you. Like, you know, people are out here just looking for them, looking out for themselves. Don't be easily manipulated, man. Like, this is not going to add to your legacy at all. But how do you learn? How do you learn? Fool me once. Yeah. Shame fool. on you. Fool me twice. Shame on me. Like, he ain't don't that, let it happen again, bro. He ain't that durable. You you got to look around the league and see people's mistakes, man. He ain't that durable. This guy sits out for fingers, shoulders, hips all the time. He's like a 90-year-old sometimes, man. We have a guy that's sitting out every – he hasn't played one back-to-back. We don't even know what his injury was. So I, I don't know if you want to go down that path. I'm cool with that. Like, I'll go down that path. Like, I don't know what's going on with Kawhi. I know that I'm happy to have him on my team. Absolutely. Right? I'm, not sure. I'm not so sure that I want to give him championship pedigree just based on the way he wants to sit out. You know what I mean? Like, there's, there isn't really a guy out there that has that kind of mentality, except for, like, I would say maybe Kyrie. Sad that he lost that game today. Oh, my God. Did you see the end of that? Oh, my God. Like, he did everything to win that, man. He was guarding LeBron. Did you see that? I didn't see him guarding LeBron. I caught it at, like, the very end. So, like, I saw it Kuzma. Was, you know, like, three possessions. This guy's bodying up LeBron and guarding him. Well, yeah, he's a competitor, man. I mean, do you yeah, – are you surprised? Right. You know what I'm saying? When he comes down, man, you know, let me tell you, if they're playing Golden State, okay, my guy, here – Fans that don't know, I'm not, a, I'm not a LeBron fan. I I am the Skip Bayless of this show when it comes to LeBron. <laughs> this you are the Shannon though, so I don't know why you're even nah, talking. Nah, 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 nah. I'm not like like that, bro. Although I am drinking some Hennessy right now. I just don't have. Uh, yeah, I'm definitely <laughs> a glass of Patron. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, but like, yeah. Listen, um. Yo, I don't, like, this is what I mean as a competitor. Like, you know, who are we talking about a minute ago? The You're trying- talking about Kyrie guarding LeBron. That's a competitor. That's what you want to see. You know if you switch those teams around to, like, it's Boston against Golden State and Kyrie decides that he's going to body up Kevin Durant, bro. Like, you know Kevin Durant is taking that challenge back the same way. Facts. Well, I mean, yeah, of course. I mean, if, but I mean, what we see now in, in, in today's NBA, at least for what I see, I mean, you don't really see star players guarding each other for 40 minutes a game. Like, you know, I mean, you have like the other guys to do that. But he did it in the, in the clutch when they were, when it was a back and forth game, down one, down two, he didn't ask none of them young boys to do that shit. He said, okay. You know what I'm saying? I know a lot of people are questioning my leadership right now. I know that I've said some things that make make you guys wonder if I'm with you, but I'm going to go out here. I'm going to show you. I'm with you. Absolutely. And then, I mean, Kyrie, he's like one of my favorite players in the clutch. I love me some Kyrie in the clutch. Pause. But like, (laughs) you know, at the end of the day, yeah, you can want to take that on, but Kevin Durant's going to shoot over you all day. So, like, is that really the best matchup? He might, but LeBron, LeBron should be bullying you to the basket all day. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's not an easy matchup for Kyrie. 
You know what I mean? That is literally saying, I am the leader on this team and I'm going to take on the toughest, like, the toughest assignment. I'm the, I'm the surgeon here. You know what I'm Fuck saying? You. I lead my Move, guy. Move, guy. I got this. <laughs> Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum should be guarding LeBron in those situations. Jason Tatum isn't questioning that, though, because he's not the leader of that team. So when Kyrie says, I'm doing it, I'm doing it. And he did Absolutely. a damn job. Okay, okay. I mean, I didn't see all of the game. I literally saw Kuzma hit a big three. Then I, I saw see- Kyrie come back and hit a basket. Then I saw Rondo hit the game winner. Yeah, LeBron hit a three right before that with Kyrie uh, on his- Okay. <laughs> LeBron hit a three, definitely. Like, I, I don't get me, t- don't get me wrong. LeBron is a big time player. It's just, you know, when we start talking about the greats and we start breaking it down, like, how many more championships does KD have to win before he eclipses LeBron? Well, Chris Broussard was saying something dope today, man. So he was saying, like, in order for KD's legacy, and this is just him, I guess, just talking or whatever. But if KD's so obsessed of surpassing LeBron in terms of legacy, his recommendation for KD would be, and this was on, I forget what it was, something on FS1 today, but uh, to win this year, I mean, win another championship this year with Golden State, yeah. that's going to bring you to three championships. Yeah. Instead of opting out, stay another year, get your fourth championship with Golden State, because it, it, it's very likely. And the yeah. point that he makes there is, Michael Jordan never won four in a row. Shaq never won four in a row. LeBron, name it. The only one to win four in a row or more is Bill Russell. And that would be KD if he wins the four. If he wins the four, right. And then what he says, even when even after that, he's like, split up. And they split up one, two, and isn't it split up for like one? And then they lost one, and they won two. They won the first one, lost the second one, and then won the second two. Yeah, so it's not four in a row. How you mean? If they win this year and then win next year, that's four in a row. Next year, yeah, if he stays. That's what he's telling him to do. He's like, stay again next year, okay. win a fourth one, and okay. then and then he says, go team up with someone on the Clippers and bring a championship to L.A. Oh, my while God. While LeBron is playing for the Lakers. That would be the most... Karma, my guy. <laughs> oh my god! Karma for LeBron's bullshit. Um, <laughs> yo, fuck it, man. Like, you know, you know how I feel about Bron. I just think he needs to work through this. And like, if you look at what that team did tonight, right? Yeah. Yo, they they can be good, but LeBron's got to lead them because Kyle Kuzma, LeBron was wide open in the corner. Right. And so either LeBron's got to like, you know what I mean? Because the way LeBron waited for that shot to go down, if he if that shot didn't go down, he was going to eat Kuzma alive. And that can't be the narrative. It can't be that. Not now. You're you're the, the trade deadline is done. You know what I mean? You might get a couple buyouts here because you're Bron, but like you can't be upset at Kuzma for taking that shot because he was wide open, too. You know what I mean? You got to trust your teammate. You should be going in for the rebound just in case. Instead of waiting to hear You're right. You're right. So, I, I, sorry, go ahead, fam. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. You're, you're, you're right on that. I think uh, if Kuzma's that guy, 
Yeah. I mean, maybe that's the shot that starts to earn the trust. You know what I'm saying? Maybe. I mean, if he's going to be that guy in the clutch, because, like, I've said it on previous conversations you've had, me and you, I don't think LeBron is a closer. I don't want him having the ball in the last, you know, 10 seconds. Like, he needs someone else. I appreciate that. Because a lot of people won't admit that. And they'll point to certain shots that he's made, but I know that you see you see the demeanor and the body language. So I, I appreciate that because he is not a closer. You're right. He, he he can hit them, but like I just don't I don't trust it. <laughs> Although I would like to see what would happen if he had had like this is what I mean. Like right now, you don't have like you can be that guy. And I know like I felt like he wanted to be that guy tonight because he didn't want to lose to Kyrie. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Right? Like it's Kyrie out there. Like, there's no question about it. Kyrie said, listen, if we, if you're going to lose this game, you're going to lose to me. Right? Whereas LeBron, you didn't lose that shot to LeBron. You didn't lose that game to LeBron. You lost that game to Rajon Rondo. You get what I'm saying? Right? Like, these things matter. You know that. When it comes to us, you know, and we're on the court, these bragging rights matter. These are forever. You know, you remember that game where I put it on you and, like, yo, I hit the game winner? Yeah, that was me. Remember that. I'm immortalized, right? You know what else, though, fam? I mean, basketball is a team sport. From what you told me, LeBron hit a three in the final minute. So that means yes. LeBron hit a three, Kuzma hit a three, and yes. LeBron hit a two. But you understand this, like, yo. Do everything by himself. Like, Kyrie hit that go-ahead basket, man. Like, you know what it is, bro. You know what I'm saying? Are you gonna you're gonna remember Rondo won this game? That's who you're gonna remember. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that, that's what I saw. So right. So like, and that's what immortalizes you because when you're on the court with a bunch of greats, you know what I mean. Now you remember that Rondo hit that three, and he's back in Boston as a Laker in that big rivalry for the first time. Who who doesn't want to hit that shot? Though every time you talk to an NBA player when they hit their first game winning shot, what do they say? I dreamed about this front. Like, I dream about those moments. Kid. That's what I wanted. They don't talk about, you know what I'm saying, that I wanted my numbers to be a triple-double. They say, I dreamed about that moment. That's Absolutely. the moment every kid dreams about is hitting that fadeaway over somebody after you cross them to get that big game. That's the moment everybody dreams about. That's what makes greatness. That's what immortalizes players. So I get it, but let's get something straight. LeBron lost one right there, and he wanted that one bad. If you go back and watch that tape in the fourth quarter – Watch how he moved, how how much he went after that ball. Well, that has never really been LeBron's character. But in that game, you saw that competitiveness come out, right? And I think for the Lakers to be as good as they want to be, I think that's the LeBron we have to have. And I, I don't think he's been that, so he's going to have to lead those young guys into, into that. He's going to have to win some games like that. He's going to have to be big for them like that right now. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I think this game will go a long way in just, you know, ending that whole dysfunctional, like, whatever it was the last couple of days when they took that shot of the bench and there was three seats in between LeBron and the rest of the man that, like, come did on, you, man. Did you watch the draft? I did watch the draft. The, the, the all-star draft. Did you watch the whole thing? Did you watch the whole thing? I watched the whole thing, yo. My little baby sat on my lap and watched the whole thing with me, fam. Maya? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She sat on my lap watched the whole thing. <laughs> Yo, um, said that's my girl. Tell her I love her in the morning. Tell her, absolutely, know. absolutely. Um, listen, 
All right. So you saw the shot where like LeBron was like, of course, he wanted to make a trade. <laughs> Which I think was scripted anyways. I just don't know if Charles if, if Charles Barkley's shit was scripted, but that shit was hilarious. <laughs> Bro, I trade the whole bench. I tell you what. I tell you what. Why don't you just trade your whole bench for AD? I was like, oh, that's weird. That's weird, bro. That wasn't nice. But like, Charles always goes off script. So I wonder if that whole because it seems scripted until Charles Charles said some shit. I'm just like, oh, <laughs> I don't feel like you were supposed to say that, Charles. But I don't maybe that's follows any script, to be honest. <laughs> I don't think. What to be honest, I don't think TNT follows any script. Maybe Aaron. <laughs> Like nobody else follows the script. Shaq's always talking about whatever he wants to talk about. But like, <laughs> those guys are, <laughs> those guys are great. That was a low blow. That was a low blow, but I enjoyed it. That that was fantastic. Word, word. Let me ask you though: you think the better all-star team? Oh, it's LeBron's team, man. Oh, like what was Jonas doing, guy? Okay, no, just drafting a bunch of his friends, you know. First as a reserve, like, come on, bro. Maybe Giannis just wants to fucking like be the one to dominate, like, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? Hey, I get it, man. That's cool, but like, I don't know, man. Is what it is. And then he traded Ben Simmons on top of that. Should have traded Ben Simmons. Should have told him no, guy. No, just eat a dick, bro. For West, for Russell Westbrook. Anyway, so like that might give you a chance because you need somebody aggressive on that team. For real, yo. Be the one guy to yell in an All Star game at somebody, yo. <laughs> I don't know what that kid's problem is, but you know, I like it. So it's all good. Um, yeah, man. You know, but yeah, crazy trade deadline day, and like, what a performance by the Raptors, like. 30. 30 for Fred Van Fleet, 30 for Pascal Siakam. 33 for Pascal Siakam. Man, but that Fred Van Fleet game near the end was looking real fucking dominant, bro. Like, he was looking really good. Like, if that's what we're going to get out of you on a consistent basis, it's a problem. I don't know if you can ask that out of Fred on a consistent basis, but not I think 30, you were right but... earlier. He's not looking over his back at nobody. He realizes, like, okay, I'm the guy right now. There's nobody else that's going to help and save this team off the bench in terms of the point guard position. I'm probably the first point guard off the bench. I need to play. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But remember, he was, in the, he was in the starters as well, right? So if I'm the Raptors, I'm doing everything I can to, to surround Fred with some shooting. Well, it'll be interesting to see whatever chemistry he works with Marc Gasol because Marc Gasol, I mean – you don't have to have the the, the, the the ball in Fred's hands all the time, right? No. So and I think that's one of the things, too, that works really well with the trade that's probably underrated. Like, in today, you could have, or yesterday, I guess you can say, you can have DeLon handling the ball, you could have Fred handling the ball, and I think people are thinking now that you get rid of DeLon, that it's going to be Fred primarily handling the ball. Mm-hmm. But Fred could just bring the ball up the court, give that thing to Gasol, run the offense through him, as you mentioned earlier. So, like, he doesn't have to. He's a deadly spot-up shooter. There you go. Get him the ball in open space. Pick and roll. Let's do this. Consistent manufactured looks if you're another team. 
you definitely don't want to find him open because he will hurt you from three. Absolutely. Absolutely. And Pascal, Pascal looking like a winner these days, boy. Man, I copped his jersey, fam. Like, I, I copped that shit, like, maybe a month ago. Like, I really think that this guy is going to be one of the better players for us, not just today, but tomorrow. Like, he's really good. Did you but see the step back on Vince? The what? Did you see the step back jump on Vince? I didn't. I might have been putting my kid to bed. Like, was that in the third quarter? He put a step back and it looked, it looked, like, it looked mad comfortable. I'm like, where did that come from? Because you know, you see Pascal, he'll body you to the basket, one, two, spin over his shoulder. But like, he's picking up a lot of little nasty habits from Kawhi, where like, you know, his footwork is trying to resemble like Kawhi's, and he's, you know, he'll back somebody in and then just spin off you the other way. And he's so long and so broad at the same time. Like, I was just looking at him today. I'm like, if he puts on some muscle, a lot of you motherfuckers are in trouble because there was a couple times that he made like a rim run to the basket. One particular where he got fouled and he didn't hit the layup, but I was like, he puts on a little weight. He's slamming on you. So you make a good point. I think like when we made that Kawhi trade, a lot of people looked at it as a mentor for OG, but really maybe it's Pascal that's really taking that mentorship to the next level. And with all due fairness, a lot OG's been going through a lot this year personally. So, you know, I'm not going to dog on him, but Pascal has really taken off. And, and I'll go back and watch that game tomorrow just to see that play because I didn't see it. And I would love to just see, you know, the feet work on that and the mid-range presence. It looked real comfortable. Like his, sometimes his three-point shot looks a little off, but that looked real comfortable. But, like, as he's starting to get more comfortable and his form is starting to get more comfortable, I'm seeing a little bit of Kevin Durant in him. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> on the floor like that off the crossover and everything, like the handle. But I'm seeing a little bit of that pull-up Kevin Durant game where, like, you know, if he keeps getting consistent threes, you're not gonna want to leave. You're not gonna want to leave him alone out there. It's a very, very straight elbow. It's tucked in. It's not an ugly form. It's just that it's a little bit gangly right now and slow. Man, well, I think that would be grand <laughs> i mean that's more than you could ever expect again for me my thought process on him was when we drafted him we just lost biombo and i thought he'd just be an energy type of player but like what you're starting to see from him expanding his game offensively he's not biombo no he's, he's not, not. he's definitely not and he's grabbing them boards he's getting out and running and he looks durable I like the way he moves. You know, some players, they move a certain way and you get worried. You're like, this guy's going to get injured one day just doing the shit he does. Not going to wood, man. I want to hear that shit. Guys, some guys I said, and I'm like, man, like, you got to start working on your feet work. Anthony Davis is one of those guys. I'm like, you, just the way you dive into stands, you're not, like, you don't look comfortable diving into the stand. You're not in the heat of the game where, like, everything's moving in slow motion and you see the chair, you see the person there. You're just going into the stands because you know that's what you have to do for this team to win. And you're sacrificing your body, literally. You know what I mean? Right? Not like how Kyle Lowry takes a charge. Some guys get hurt doing that shit. Absolutely. <laughs> they really do. Kyle's one of them with back issues now. But like weight. I think he, he looks a little he looks a little overweight, to be honest. And I think that's where the is coming from. He's I wish he really maintained 
that body he had a couple years ago coming out of the summer, like like the skinny Kyle Lowry. Hi, he's like 30-something. It's hard. I know, man. I know. But, I mean, it's hard. you know, it just would have been nice. would have been nice. You know, I think he's naturally like a chunky guy. I think he really put his body to an extreme to be able to do that. Yeah, you're right. You're right. right. I think he's naturally chunky, but he's got a – what I do, what I do like, is that they had a talk with him, and they said they went over some form things. And I like the way he's playing right now. Just shoot the three, my guy. Shoot the three. Dribble real fast to the what's it called? You know what I mean? And you know, move yourself off that what's it called? Move yourself off that jab step. One thing about his jab step that I don't like, and like I'm not a basketball savant, so I could be wrong, but instead of planting, his, instead of planting that that foot that he's gonna step off of, he kind of kicks it in the air first, and like to jab it. To, to fake the defense one way, he kicks it in the air and then plants it, and then he goes. But that whole kick is like, it's just, you know, your muscle is just swinging. There's no strength in it. You're just kicking it out. I wish he would just plant his foot on the jab step real hard and then go. You know what I mean? I but exactly what you're talking about. I'm, like, I'm picturing it right now in my head, and I know exactly what you mean. Like he sweeps his, foot, his left foot out, and he sweeps the ball with it, and then on the way back with the ball, he jabs again, and then that's when he goes. But I'm like, man, if you just jab the first time, you know, and it doesn't have to be a hard jab. It just has to be a step because you got to understand how much you're you're getting with that one. You sweep it out. You step, pause, don't bust an Achilles or nothing, and then go. The defense is going to fall. Like, I think you can do that. You know what I mean? But I think his game has got a model to a chance, a Chauncey Billups, you know, a couple rim runs, rim, like rim runs to the basket. After you make a three, your three ball should be on fire every day. You should be taking a thousand threes a day. Absolutely. And, and with this, I mean, with the addition of Marcus Gasol and, you know, just having the type of team where there's guys that can score the ball and there's guys that can do a lot of different things, versatile players, you don't have to be that guy anymore that you had mm-hmm. to be last year or the year before. You know what I mean? And I think he knows that, but like, you know, to your point of a lot using a lot of extra energy that he doesn't need to do. Yeah, he doesn't. This what he needs. Well, when he gets Mark, we'll see what happens. But like literally, man, give it to Mark and just run your back door to the basket. You know what I mean? Those are your layups. Those are the only time you need to be in the lane. Other than that, just you know, run the action, step out, or let somebody find you and hit a three. That's it. Maybe you got to put it on the ball one time. But, you know, Lowry's just got to, like, he's much better going straight up and down. He does Sometimes he does a motion where, like, he tries to take too many dribbles or two, and then he's got, like, his, his back is in a bow. Like, he's launching the ball in the basket, and he's dragging up all that weight. You can see it in the shot for me because his, his back arches back, and then he launches it at the basket versus when he just goes straight up, you know, in a line, toes to shoulders, and launches the ball. I don't know where I'm pulling all this from right now. I mean, you're just taking your observations. Yeah, Maybe you are. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> we'll find out in the years to come. <laughs> but yeah, like I, I just, I, I just think he needs to simplify his game a little bit. You know what I mean? Straight up and down. Step into it. Bang. That's it. You're gonna get those shots now, especially with Mark on the floor. Make your game easy because you're going to need to move the ball and, and penetrate a lot more when it's Lowry plus bench. And that will happen still because he's dangerous that way. Well, I would like to see Marc Gasol come off the bench. So if it's 
Larry, and Marcus bench. Oh, you're a monster. Okay. Yes. Keep the starting lineup intact the way that uh-huh. it is now. And you have Marcus Saul coming off the bench the same way that JV was coming off the bench. It doesn't mean that Marcus Saul is only 20 minutes. A night. He can still play tw- uh, 25 to 30 minutes a night. But, like, you don't need to push Serge back to the four. That didn't work last year. And, 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 and I don't want to see that. This is going to be two parts because we're already at 39 minutes. <laughs> um, listen, you're, I like the way you're thinking. That's, that's like, a, it fits Nick Nurse's style, one. So I love that. Um, it, it's aggressive, too. I, I also love that. And, I mean, I'm just thinking about, like, Fred Van Fleet with, like, being able to kick it out to a Marcus Gasol. Yeah, come on. Jeez, that's a, that's crazy. That's danger off the bench. I would try and infuse some Pascal Siakam minutes in there too, but you know, I don't know why. Like, I just think Siakam is what completes the bench mob. Ain't no bench mob this year, fam. Bench mob's done, yo. That's fair. Should have made those t-shirts last year. <laughs> bench mob's done. But to your point, though, Pascal is the type of guy where he can play with both units. You don't need to necessarily just have Pascal with the starters. Like, you can have him playing with Marcus Saul. You can mix up your lineups. What 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 I've seen from Nick Nurse is that he's probably going to tighten up his rotation come playoff time, and you're really probably just going to go with nine guys like we saw tonight. At Maybe. least in the second round, third round finals. First round, you'll probably go 12 deep, 13 deep. You know, make quick work of whoever it is it is. But, I mean, you go with your top nine, ten guys come uh, come second round. Yeah, maybe. Maybe you're, you're, you're probably right about that. Or we could be getting Wesley Matthews and some other guys and we might be just bombing threes from everywhere. You know, I really think that's the plan. I think they're going to add some whatever. And, like, the bigs, you know, you're going to have to go home and you're going to really have to be – you're gonna have to be big about your your life right now, like, you know, take care of your body, stay healthy. Well, you know, it'd be funny, which I also thought of, which is not impossible, I don't think, unless I'm missing a rule. But what if they signed? What if they signed Greg Monroe back and just gave him like five hundred thousand more? <laughs> I don't know if there's any rules against that, but I'm pretty sure it's happened before. Where a guy is waived from a team or traded. I think it was it was either Shane Battier or um, Richard Jefferson. I'm almost sure was like waived and then brought back. Oh hey, I mean, (laughs) you know, (laughs) I mean, there's already chemistry there, so I mean, I'm not opposed to it. But you're still paying him the same, probably. I would also explore an Ennis Cantor. I mean, that's my like in terms of a third center. And as Cantor is your third center, you know, you know who got bought out today? Who's that? Zach Randolph. That's an interesting piece, isn't it? Though, especially since we got Marcus all back, you want to know who else is a free agent? That's a nice one. You're right. You want to know who okay. else is a free agent? Tony well, Allen. Tony Allen. Yep. Does he still got it like that, though? 
It's defense, nigga. <laughs> like, that's all he ever had. I think we need someone that can shoot the three, too, man. I mean, if he's like your 15th guy and he's dressed just to come in and play D in the last minute of the game or something, then okay. But if we're looking at a guy that we want to play extended minutes, I don't know, man. Like, Trevor Reza. I mean, yes, Trevor Reza. I'm just saying, like, these are guys, like, if we don't get it, I got them on, like, a little contract. Like, I could see the little, you know, the, the nuances to it. You know, not for nothing, Kendrick Lamar or Kendrick, like Kendrick Lamar, Kendrick Perkins. <laughs> you wonder what you is what? No, sorry, go ahead. I'll, I'll say it later. Kendrick Perkins, like, joined LeBron at the end of the season every year. <laughs> like, every year. Why? Because when you're in the playoffs, you get bust face by, like, 20, or you lose by, like, one, you need one guy that's going to come in the locker room and be like, listen, like, no. No. You're going to go out and pluck, fucking play the next game. Like, it's your last because you got your asses whooped. Don't hang your heads right now. Go home and watch tape and get fucking focused and let's do this. Right? And I think Tony Allen might be one of those guys. He's just not as big as Kendrick. I definitely probably, think he's that personality, that's for sure. For sure. For sure. He's like he's a he's a much more team oriented and way worse offensive Jimmy Butler. How come Kyle Lowry's not like that? Like you like you would think just like his he personality. Hasn't won, he hasn't won yet. Kyle Lowry hasn't won yet. Like he might have been part of winning teams, but he hasn't won yet. And he's the leader of this team. It's the same thing I was saying to you before. You know, that's what you live for. Winning. You want to win that game, right? Can you say Cal Lowry has won us a playoff series? No, but I think that his that that his teammates respect him enough where if he's to come out and say something like that in that capacity, they would respect it and and respond. Yeah, but Cal Lowry does a lot of talking. Sometimes the things Cal Lowry says is pure fucking garbage. Let's be honest. Like, he's not matured to that level yet. He might be. If he, if he calms down and starts playing the game at a different level, like, imagine. And that's all you're waiting for him to do. You're not asking him to score, you know, at this period of his career, you're not asking him to score 20. That's not what you're asking him for. But you're asking him to be Jason Kidd. You do want that. Yeah, and you for sure. To be solid. And you do want him to make the smart play, the heady play, because he's capable of it. But he still does not so shit. Like, talk to refs about every call, right? He needs to transcend to that veteran level where he doesn't even talk to refs. And Kyle Lowry, I promise you, will be a better player. Well, you know, I don't know if he's ever going to get to that to that point uh, where that's who he is. It's just, you know, I just look at his personality now and I'm like, yo, like, you have what it takes to be that guy. Like, what are you waiting for? Like, that's just my thought process on it. But I hear you. I hear you. It is what it is, man. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I, we do need that from him. Those things I'm saying are not not true. We can right. talk like, about this all day, right? But I'd rather call Kyle Lowry have, you know, seven points and 15 assists and nine rebounds, right? He's great like that. He's great like that. And just hit the big three at the end of the game. Just yeah. Right, but his head is still, he's still, he doesn't, he's not on to the next play. Right. And I, I don't think people, I think people underestimate how important that attitude is to just be on to the next play. Right. Because we see a lot of guys who play for superstar teams, so they have time to cry about calls. Right. But, you know, 
you can say something to the ref, but on to the next play. Kyle Lowry be having some extended dis- discussions that just don't need to happen. You can tell that the refs bother him. It's an irritant to him in the game, and his, it shouldn't be. It should just be part of the game to him. Well, I don't know. I, I guess the point I'm trying to make is if Kyle Lowry was that guy, then we wouldn't need to be talking about a Tony Allen for that type of role. You know what I'm saying? Or a Kendrick Perkins for that type of role. But, hey, but you know, are who you not, are. Hey, man, not every team has a superstar that's that way. You know what I mean? Some guys have to grow into that. Some guys bloom later than, you know, before. That's what makes it interesting. You got to, like, you got to work the chemistry around to find everybody. Sometimes, you know, a Kendrick per- Perkins is pivotal to a locker room. And Andrew Bogut is pivotal to a locker room. You know what I mean? And sometimes it's like a Stephen Adams. I like sometimes, that guy. Huh? I like that guy. Oh, my gosh. I give up a lot for him. Like, he's just an ultimate glue guy. He's like the Tristan Thompson, but better. Like, like I know, like, like you want Tristan Thompson, but I don't know. Steven Adams, to me, is a better player than Tristan Thompson, personally. Uh, Tristan, uh, I'll say this. I think Steven Adams is a better leader. If I needed a guy to be a voice, I think, I think Tristan's a bit of a knucklehead. But I think Tristan Thompson is the better player. I think I think we forget sometimes just what Tristan Thompson has done for a lot of these championship teams that he's been on. There was one championship they won where it was like, yo, like this guy was the guy. Like he brought them back. Like until he started playing, like they were not winning games. Literally. They only won one championship with Tristan Thompson. That was that one. Like oh. you that's the one because I remember him going out there and just like Everything was a pick and roll, and this guy was throwing down all kinds of stuff. This guy's out there playing defense. He's out there getting rebounds. He was such a big part. Absolutely. He was, the he was that catalyst. He was their Draymond Green. Like, he was the one that got them going, and then Kyrie would score the buckets, and LeBron would fill in the spaces. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. I know Tristan has that fire in him to be a leader. I know he has that alpha in him. But, you know... I, Right now, I'll take Powell. Or I'll take why the hell do I keep saying Powell? That Patron boy. Um, I'll take I'll take Mark. I'll take Mark over him right now. Oh, absolutely. I'm I'm not alluding to that. And I guess when I say Stephen Adams is a better player, it's just because I've seen it more consistently from him. But I've definitely seen Tristan Thompson do it when it matters. So there's something that could be said for you know doing it in the clutch for seven games. It's that Robert Ory thing, man. Huh? It's that Robert Ory thing. You know what I'm saying? Robert, sometimes Robert don't do shit for half a season. He don't do shit for the whole goddamn season. He just shot up in the finals and just fuck up the world, yo. Big Shot Bob, <laughs> Big shot Bob is a model, bro. You remember, you? if I tell you Big Shot Bob, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And that might fade a couple years from now, but the NBA will remind people because... Seven rings, yo. He has more rings than Jordan, bro. Feel me? Big <laughs> shot. A lot of them. He's won them with that big shot, being in the right place at the right time, doing the right things. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's the epitome of staying ready. You know what I'm saying? The epitome of staying ready and your coach having the confidence to go to you, even though you haven't been, you know, necessarily an integral part of the team 
in terms of performance all season from the stat sheet perspective. You know what I mean? To say that, I say this. Like, yo, can I kick it for a minute? For like for a minute? You know what I mean? As we wrap this up? Please do. You know, that guy is underrated and unappreciated in the NBA. The center position is not what's missing, is not what's missing anymore. It's that blue guy that nobody appreciates. And I think, you know, we're seeing it now more so with people talking about trading Draymond and forgetting how important Draymond is. You know what I mean? We don't have a lot of Robert Ories. We have a bunch of superstars on our team. And, you know, a lot of the times you watch finals and they're a blowout, Right. And it's just that competitiveness, having that guy that just has a, you know, steady mental that is going to hit a shot even though he hasn't shot all game, right? And I think that's what the NBA is missing right now. I think that's what the NBA needs to work on is, is getting that guy more credit. I think we too much pay attention to, you know, who's making this amount of money and who's doing what and who's saying what in social media and who's demanding a trade because they can. You know, we forget about these guys that play – pivotal roles in the NBA. The NBA is not just about LeBron James, Kevin Durant, Kawhi Leonard, and where they're going next summer. There's a bunch of players that go out there and bust their asses every night to be better. And they may not have the God-given talent that a lot of these guys do, but they work their asses off. And we need to appreciate that because they've done more than any of us have. And we should be putting that in perspective and respecting those players. Um, but you know, it's been a very interesting, you know, NBA season. And I think that we've returned to that kind of adversity where those guys will start to be appreciated again. And I'm personally, for one, enjoying it. And I think, you know, the resurgence of Marc Gasol is something that we're going to see. And I think we'll be able to appreciate that in Toronto. And I think it's important for our city and our energy over here. Um, but I say that to say this, this has been, you know, a fantastic night. I've worked through some issues today. And I've got over an hour of content and I want to thank you Kyle so much because I think we can keep doing this and keep being better. And I think we should keep going. So, you know, you know, respect to you for being, you know, a glue guy, respect to you for coming out. <laughs> shit. I'm tired. You know what I'm saying? And does that mean that I'm a star, but you know what I'm saying? I definitely feel that we can build a contender right here. And to anybody that, you know, is out there trying to do something, I think you should think the same way. Sometimes, you know, don't devalue yourself. Be a glue guy. Do what you got to do. Get shit done. Hey, get shit done. GSD. <laughs> you know what I mean? Word, word. Well said, man. Well said. I look forward to the I think they played the Knicks on Saturday. We might still get to see Mark. Um, I don't know what you're doing, man, but if you haven't got a whole lot of shit going on, what do I have going on on Saturday evening? I think I have like I was supposed to have a games night or whatever, but <laughs> yeah, let's figure out something. I mean, uh, let's catch one of the ones with Mark in it, and let's see what's going on. They say he might play on Saturday. He might mm-hmm. not. I mean, but I think it would be cool to to check his first game. So let's pay attention and see what what uh, what transpires there. All right, my guy. So not for nothing, small tidbit, cool fact. When DeRozan returns to Toronto for the first time, Marcus Gasol and Pau Gasol will be facing off for the first time as Marcus Gasol being a Raptor. <laughs> that's, a, that's another cool little... Uh, cool, cool little... Six degrees, six degrees of separation, whatever the fuck you want to call it, but I'm looking forward to it, man. 
Yes, yes. That's ill that you thought that. I didn't even like think about that. That that's sick, man. And uh, you know, Mark's gonna want to go to this big bro. Yeah, yeah. I want to see it. You know, Demar's gonna want to go at Kawhi again. Like Demar's looking. To- I don't think Kawhi took that beating too politely, so he better show up. Whole Raptor squad better show up. I was not happy with that performance, but whatever. They came back and beat the Bucks the next night, which was legit. But let's do this. Yeah, bittersweet for sure. <laughs> man, listen, it's a pleasure, man. And, uh, let's do this again soon, soon sometime. Um, you know, we're trying to get in every week, but we're definitely getting more frequent. Stick with me. Um, can I kick it? Kyle, it's been dope. Thank you so much, my guy. Hey, respects, my man. Let's let's keep it going, man. I don't know what it is. I'll see you next week sometime. All right, bless up. I know. Peace, peace, peace.